On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman. And of course, you guys know you can hear this podcast along with all of our podcasts on every major podcasting platform Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Megaphone, and Spotify. But this season will be different. We know that. But Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I'm currently watching a little Thursday night football on my app. It's so easy and accessible. And Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. You know, it's Friday and, well, today is Thursday. This is our Friday episode going into the Green Bay Packer versus Texan game uh, where we have uh, a lot of things to discuss surrounding this team trade rumors are they going to be prepared for sunday's matchup but you know that the last few weeks we have been having a a guest and today is no different want to bring in our cousin from 610 radio brandon scott welcome back to another episode of locked on texans man i'm getting real comfortable i'm getting (laughs) i'm getting real comfortable with y'all man this is this has become a weekly thing, uh, so I'm. It's good to be with y'all, man. We got a lot to talk about, man. This has been a very eventful and juicy week for for a week that uh, where a lot of stuff hasn't actually happened. It's been a very eventful week because a lot has been said and 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 thought about and speculated. So I'm sure we're gonna get into all of it. Yeah, you know, Brandon, we're going to get into everything, and you know what's funny? It's the fact that here we are heading into the seventh week of this regular season. And this is probably the fourth week in a row where it's a Thursday and we have yet to really talk about the upcoming game because the Texans are just going through so many turmoil and stuff. But as you mentioned, you are getting a little comfortable with us and we're getting comfortable with you. And I want to ask you a question, a question that I don't know if you saw it, but on ESPN, I believe it was Wednesday morning. Mike Greenberg said that Michael Jackson's Off the Wall was his greatest album. And as a Michael Jackson fan, I tweeted him and told him he's wrong. It's Michael Jackson's Thriller album. So, of course, when he said that, that blew up and now people are having this debate. So, Brandon, I'm going to ask you. What do you think is Michael Jackson's best album? Is it Off the Wall? Is it Thriller, Bad, Dangerous, History, Invincible? What? Where are you going? Michael Jackson's best record is unquestionably Thriller. It's Thank not you. even a question. Thriller is possibly, I mean, it's up there with greatest albums, you know, ever, uh, at least the ones that you heard of. I mean, you can go into any kind of discussion about the greatest album ever and, and go into a rabbit hole about it. But if we're talking about ones that are on some kind of pantheon, Thriller would be on it. The off the wall, better than Thriller hot take is just that it's a hot take. But, 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 but I do have a caveat for you on this. Thriller is the best album. I'll give you that. But my favorite Michael Jackson record song actually comes off of off the wall. And it is rock with you because, and I know you could argue it's not his, it's not his best. I wouldn't say that's his best song but it is my favorite my personal favorite michael jackson song is rock with you so i will give you that thriller is his best album 
but rock with you is my favorite song comes off of off the wall off the wall carries a special place in my heart because of that reason specifically so that is the caveat but i'm with you though i mean th- off the wall better than thriller let's not be don't don't be ridiculous i mean that is my <laughs> off the wall thriller take yeah, man, look, look, like I said, I'm the one of, if not the biggest Michael Jackson fans you guys will ever come across. John, you know I'm telling the truth. And and it's and it's thriller for me. It's it's thriller for me without a doubt. But at the end of the day, as much as I would love this, this isn't a Michael Jackson daily podcast. This is the Houston Texans daily podcast. And Brandon, man, let's get right into it. What are your thoughts about the trade rumors that surrounding this team? And do you believe Jack Easterby as the acting general manager should consider making some moves to get a jumpstart on this rebuilding process? Man, so, so much to deal with here. First of all, let me go back to the point that I think you made earlier about not having talked much about the upcoming game or discussed it much. I'm going to mm-hmm. be honest with you. I'm familiar with the Packers. I like, I don't, I don't need to do a whole lot of research on them, but it, you know, normally every week by now, by this point in the week, I've done a significant amount of research on the opponent. And because of all of this, I just haven't really been able to do that. You know, it's not enough hours in a day. Um, so it's, it's been that kind of week, uh, uh, even more so than any other where uh, I've been more so focused on these trade rumors, especially after what was it? Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day, uh, Wednesday, especially after Wednesday, talking to Deshaun Watson and Randall Cobb and even J.J. Watt to a degree. Um, and, of course, he is the, you know, the probably the main trade piece that we're talking about out of anybody uh, as far as name recognition and as far as value in terms of what the Texans could get back. So, I mean, so that is that is significant. But your question about Jack Easterby, it – this is the prime issue right now for Texans fans. Jack Easterby, him being the leader of the player personnel side and the fact that you just got rid of your top player personnel man and and and, and he was so integral in what those personnel moves are. So... There, there is an issue of trust here, um, an issue of, you know, do you believe in Jack Easterby's ability to, like, if he if he makes the trade, is he going to make the right one since you've seen all of the trades that they've made, the, the trades and signings that they've made so far? Like, you have legitimate reasons to question the acumen here. So I think that is the primary concern right now, but also you are in a situation where you do or i'm not going to say that you need to trade but you could benefit from savvy well thought out moves like this is an opportunity and i feel like if if you were confident in your leadership and in the ones who are supposed to be making those decisions if you were confident in those folks that they could make the right ones this would be a really good time to do that but you don't feel that way because of who's in leadership. And it's, it's odd with this because it's not like, it's not even like in the same case with the coach where Bill O'Brien gets fired as the coach and then they make Romeo the interim and you're not like, Oh God, it's Romeo as the coach. But with this, knowing how involved Jack Easterby was with these other moves that happened before now, it, it, it's just a it's just a an uncomfortable thing to consider that 
this might be the guy who is tasked with trading JJ Watt or whether to trade JJ Watt, you know, like that is scary. It, it, it is truly scary. Um, that being said, there are some moves that they could make um, and probably should make that, you know, it doesn't really matter necessarily who's the GM that they, you know, it could just be some salary dumps that they need to make where it doesn't necessarily matter what they get back, but one like JJ and one like some of the others, I'm sure we might discuss at some point, Will Fuller, some of the, some of the bigger names, those are the ones that scare you. You're like, uh, I don't know. Like I, I'd like to get something back for this guy. If I know he's not going to be on the team next year or whatever it is. And I know he's value. He does at least have some value. And we've talked about that too, how there's very few players on this team that we even think have value that we want to get rid of. Like outside of Deshaun Watson and Laramie Tunsil, you know, the guys were not, you know, that they're not getting rid of. So it's a dilemma, you know, it's, it's a dilemma is it would be, would be my answer to you in, in the short of it. It is a dilemma right now. I think how you put it, do we have trust in Jack to make a smart decision when it comes to fielding trade, taking calls? Because, you know, as, as you put it, and as we all know, Jack has worked, well, he'd worked hand in hand with Bill O'Brien in the last year and a half for every move that was made. And I think if we are, you know, being completely honest with ourselves, there's only been two that worked out and I kind of joined them together. The Jadavion Clowney trade, saving them money and the trade to bring in uh, Larry Tunsil. You know, some people may believe that we gave up too much, but when you have somebody like Larry Tunsil, who has played phenomenal, he's played so good this year. We sometimes I forget he's on the field Uh, and to protect your quarterback that was very necessary because you don't get stud left tackles like that every day in the NFL. But when we look at how they have mismanaged money, how they have thrown out money to guys that this year you're looking like, my goodness, why do we pay him this much money? It's very questionable. But the fact remains is I'm going to take a trip up to the AFC North and the Ravens who just traded for Yannick Nguakwe. They gave up um, a 2021 for a third round pick and a 2022 conditional fifth round pick. And he's somebody that's going to a contender team. JJ Watt is on the books for $17.5 million next year. And Duke Johnson is also a player that I would look at moving because if we're not going to use him, you know, he had the same beef in Cleveland. If you're not going to use me, lose me. But Houston has players on this team that they could use in order to improve their draft capital for next year. Because if we're being completely honest, at one and five, the trade deadline is November 3rd. And if they go out and they drop a game against the Green Bay Packers, which I think, I mean, I think they will. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day with this defense. Then you have to realize at some point, yeah, Deshaun don't want these boys going nowhere, but it's over. You're not going to come back down one and six. And they should look for trades. And I guess I think you should look at J.J. Watt to trade him to a contender team. He still wants to be here. He wants to bring a championship to this city. But in all likelihood, that's not going to happen in his time. Sucks to say that, but it's the truth. 
you do have Will Fuller who's having a great year and, and with him having a great year and with him being healthy for the most part, that's also a trade piece you can use. But moving forward, this the, the future of this team is not this season anymore. It, it hasn't been the, the, the season once you lost to the Tennessee Titans, really once you started 0-4. They have to make trades. And I think that's the only way you can kind of come out of this season, in my opinion, in my opinion only, come out of this season confident about what you can do for next year because it's over this year. If you don't beat Green Bay, it's definitely over. No player on this team, I believe, is untradeable except the two that I mentioned. Deshaun Watson and Laramie Tunsil. I'm glad JT. you said that because Zach Cunningham is definitely tradable at this point. Yeah, oh, oh man, get out of here! Are you kidding me? He, yes, he is definitely tradable at this point, and so I'll I'll get back to that. But Deshaun Watson, Laramie Tunsil, untradable right now, at least untradable right now and for the foreseeable future. Something drastic would have to happen for either of those guys to be for you to think about trading them. J.J. Watt would, would also be in that conversation if it wasn't for his age, injury, history, and salary and all, like, of the context around J.J. You know, as a, as a player right now, like, I'd actually like to keep J.J. in some respects because he's the only, damn it, he's one of the, only, one of the few good defensive players that they have. But in context, he's the one that makes the most sense to trade. He is the one who would, I would figure, would bring the most back. But so so I, I say all that to say that I'm good with trading anybody in any collection of players on this team, aside from the two that we mentioned and that, that are obvious. And then there's also Whitney Merciless is an interesting piece because there's also the chance that there's a team that thinks more highly of Whitney Merciless than they should. Like I like I don't want to sleep on that. So I'm that's what I'm talking about, guys. When I'm I'm saying like who is the who is the guy that's in charge that's gonna be able to get over on somebody and get a third round pick or a second round pick for Whitney Merciless or you know, somebody that remembers somebody who remembers Whitney Merciless when he was getting double digit sacks and you know is willing to do like there's not gonna be another DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson trade, but somebody who believes in Whitney Merciless the way that Bill O'Brien believed in David Johnson. I definitely think ultimately overall you have to see where this team stands after Sunday's game. Uh, I believe that the Packers will win this game. However, I picked the Tennessee Titans to win their last game, and they did. However, it was it was in the Texans' hand. They could have kicked the field goal and it would have been up eight. Uh, but we know how bad that defense was. But overall, they could have shocked everybody and proved me wrong. They could do the same on Sunday. So we're going to talk about what are we looking for on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers coming up on the other side. You know, I also want to tell you guys about Built Go, right? It's, it's just amazing. It's kind of sweeping the, the workout nation. It's sweeping the gyms. It's keeping everybody where they need to be. And uh, Built Go just makes you the best you at whatever you do. That's what it does. That is the main objective. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break right through it with Go every day. Easy to take in a 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. If you're playing some flag football with your boys, it's good for that. Or you can just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Bilgo is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's so natural for the body. It's just completely better. It's like drinking a monster with a third of caffeine and better results. 
with three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and my favorite, chocolate mint. I like mint. You know, mint, mint, it gives you like this fresh feeling at the end. You know what I mean? Whenever you drink it or eat it. Built Go combines energy gel with a collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff. And it's great to ignite your work. It ignites my work as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans. Cody Davis, Johnson, sports guy Hickman, along with our brother, our cousin from Sports Radio 610, Brandon K. Scott. Brandon, before we start talking about the game on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers, let's go back to the game against the Tennessee Titans. And I just want to ask you, man, what were your thoughts about Romeo Cannell's decision to go for two instead of kicking the field goal, which in some people's eyes, actually cost them the game. Totally disagree with that because I, I think the fact that they lost the game is confirmation in mm-hmm. my eyes that they were that Romeo Cornell's decision was the correct one. I actually don't think there is a right or wrong here, so I think there is room for disagreement. I know that that's not like great uh, hot take sports radio podcast kind of kind of take kind of thing, but. I do think that there's room for disagreement and I think it all depends on your appetite for risk and, and just what your, you know, what your risk level is like, what is your appetite for risk? And for me, I think risking uh, them coming back and tying the game and, and you going to overtime or whatever the case may be. Like, I, I think that that was a greater risk for them. I, so I watched the game up here at Sports Radio 610 with uh, with some of the hosts, with Sean Pendergast and, and Clint Sterner, and we actually were having the discussion as they were dry, or like as it was in play. Like, do you go for two? Like, what happens if they score? Do they go for two? You know, kind of just a, ahead of time, like having that discussion. And at that point, had already decided, yeah, go for two. So when he decided to go, we were already kind of like, yeah, you know, show that aggression and put this thing away, you know, don't, don't give them an opportunity to tie the game or anything like that. Like leave no window open. The the argument for kicking the extra point is obvious. Like no one is disagreeing with, uh, with Rich Gannon and anyone else who uh, agrees with kicking the PAT there. Like it, it is obvious. Like it's the safer play because you don't, you know, you, you, basically, you know, you're not playing yourself. You know, you're not playing yourself out of the game. I think in some ways, right? Whereas you, you feel like you did here. But I like the aggression. I thought that when you look at what the offense was doing versus what the defense was doing, that Deshaun Watson is what got you here. Not just Deshaun Watson, but this offense in, in its entirety. Like you, you were really seeing them click, uh, especially around that time in the game. I like the decision. And the fact that the Titans came back and actually scored and and with no resistance, no resistance from the Texas defense, um, I think that that was really just confirmation for me that this thing was going to go sideways uh, one way or the other. 
Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I know you mentioned what's your appetite for risk. And um, I, I actually love the decision. And I say that because when we go back to when we had Bill O'Brien, that is something that all of us, you, me, John, the listeners, fans, everyone wanted to see the Houston Texans take risk like that because you have a guy that's capable in Deshaun Watson. And it's like what Tim Kelly told you on yesterday during the media availability when you asked about this situation. He said if if the ball was just towards, towards the left just a little bit more, we, right. we, we, we will be having an entirely different conversation. And I do agree with him. So I, I think it's important to think about the context of everything, like how poorly the defense was playing and the fact that I, I don't have those numbers right in front of me, but I think they were per They'd already converted. They were so good uh, in converting on fourth down already. Like, like this was, and, and so like, and in those situations, you know, like I know this is, we're talking about a two point conversion, but like, I, I felt like they had shown in high pressure situations that they could make a play. That's what I'm basically trying to tell you. I felt like they had shown that they could make a play and you could trust, like if this was the Texans offense from, you know, name a game from when they were, you know, trad, when they would just play, play terribly, you know, if this is the Texans from the Chiefs game. I don't know. You know, if this is the Texans from the second half of the Steelers game, I don't know. But th those Texans that we were watching in that moment, I thought that was the right call. Looking ahead to the Green Bay Packers game on Sunday, I truly do believe that this is going to be a high-scoring game. You know, we know what Aaron Rodgers has been capable of over the last, what, 13 years? I know he's been in the league for 15, but, you know, that's how he had them first couple of years where he was playing behind Brett Favre, but... You know, we, and we see here in Houston, ever since Bill O'Brien has gotten fired, we saw like this offensive surge. In fact, this is a team that's been averaging 33 points per game of, over the last two games. However, I kind of believe that this game is going to come down to which team is going to be able to make the most stops. Well, let me just say the most important stops because Green Bay defense, I mean, it's not great, but it's not bad at the same time, like what, like what we have here in Houston. So when you look at both of these teams, who do you believe is going to be able to make the most important stops in order to come out victorious in Sunday's game? So I think this is a really big opportunity for the Texans offense. I, I do not have any love for this Green Bay defense. I, now, they have proven me wrong before because I was – skeptical of them last year and they ended up being better than much better defensively than I thought uh, that they would be. So I, and so I was wrong about them, but this year, I mean, they are next to last in DVOA or, th or 30th in defensive DVOA. Like they are not, this is not a very good defense. I think you can run on this defense. It would be nice, man. You know what? It would be really nice <laughs> if the Texans had a running back. That you know, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> You Could know, this possibly be the game that David Johnson breaks out. They are averaging. No, no. Are, it's not the game. David because Johnson is allowing is nearly 120 good. yards per game. But yeah, I mean, this is this is the thing that I'm struggling with about this game. Like, it just in a nutshell is I don't believe in the Packers run defense, and I don't believe in the Texans' <laughs> ability to run the ball. So I'm like, oh man, here is that opportunity that I really see. Now, also, I'm like, I, I think that this defense can be had in general. So, however, like, I don't think that there is necessarily a bad way to attack this defense, um, especially with Deshaun Watson and with the way that the offense, the, the, the passing offense at least is playing with the tempo that they're playing with. 
Um, just even the play call, it just everything about this offense right now, I think is humming except the run game. And I, again, it, it is a shame because this is one of the defenses that they'll face this season that is not very good against the run. And I think it's something that they could exploit. Like if this was a Carlos Hyde, I hate to say this, man, but if this is a Carlos Hyde Duke Johnson backfield, I'd feel much better about their ability to exploit Green Bay's run defense than I do as it is now with the Johnson brothers. So uh, I, I, that's just unfortunate, man. But, uh, but I like, you know, you asked me which one do I think is going to be able to exploit more. Like, I, I do think that ultimately it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, who is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, let's not forget who's going to be able to exploit this, this Texans defense more than, more than anything. Um, like, I mean, he, he's just been so good. I think that the fact that they have committed to running the ball, I, I'm trying to think that I asked, uh, yeah, I asked Anthony Weaver about that yesterday, about, you know, what is different about, um, about this Packers offense that is, uh, you know, that wasn't there when Mike McCarthy was there, you know, with Matt LaFleur now. And he mentioned their commitment to running the ball. They got good running backs and, you know, Matt LaFleur comes from good stock, you know, from the Shanahan Kubiak, you know, he was here, uh, you know, when he yes. got started as an offensive assistant, you know, um, and, and, and came up with just sort of that, uh, that ethic about him about, Hey, you know, you, you have to be able to run the ball or, or wanting to run the ball, but obviously having Aaron Rodgers and knowing what to do with him, you know? So I, I think that between, you know, Matt LaFleur, I like Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers against this defense, probably better than any matchup uh, in terms of what's going to, what's going to be good and succeed. So, uh, and, that, and that's unfortunate for the Texans because that, that would mean that they'd likely go to one and six, but, 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 but I do agree with the point about it being a shootout. And, and I, I like Deshaun Watson in a shootout. So we'll see how that goes. And I will say this, when we look at the overhaul or promotion, inside promotion that's been going on with this coaching staff, how disappointing has DeAnton Lynn been this year as far as him being able to coach up his secondary? Yeah, man, like outside of... <laughs> I'm torn with the secondary because, you know, I'm disappointed in how they've played. I think there the, is no Gary on Conley. I would like to throw that out. So that is the thing. I don't think that this is the best foot forward that they could have put out. And so I, I think on that scale that you have to kind of cut Lynn a little bit of slack, but at the same time, they don't look well coached. You know, and you mentioned the secondary. I mean, I, I would say that for the defense as a whole, like the whole damn thing. Um, I, you know, I'm looking at all the defensive coaches like, guys, what are you doing? You know, like nobody <laughs> every week. What are we we're having the same discussion about gap assignments and and, you know, and just basic uh, ta fundamental tackling like, you know, even Anthony Weaver said yesterday, you know, it's not anything that they're doing schematically. <laughs> You're not even getting beat schematically. So, you know, that, that, that is a talent issue. And I think physically, um, I think physically that, that they just have not really met the call. Like they just have not done it. Um, it, it, it is frustrating even to see some of the plus players, like some of the talented players, like Zach Cunningham, you know, I know you asked about the secondary, but like, this is a talented guy who's going out there and, 
using poor technique and and uh, you know not bringing guys to the ground. Um, Seth Payne, my my coworker Seth Payne, host up here at, at Sports Radio 16, talks about how he's frustrated that this guy refuses to go to the ground to make a tackle. Like, why won't he go to the ground with a guy? Why does he got to throw everybody? You know, that's why he's missing so many tackles. And in the secondary, man, I mean, it's just a mess. It, it, it's a mess. Like, what I, I don't know how else to put it other than it is a mess. I mean, you drafted, you drafted Lonnie Johnson to be a cornerback. I, I actually like him at safety as far as like, you know, a future deal. And I think it, that could end up working out, but I think it's just about big picture there. I mean, you drafted this guy in the second round to be a, a cornerback, but then he's got to start all over now at safety. And, you know, and so that's a, that now that's a different project. And, you know, would you have drafted a safety in the second round? I don't know. Like then you start having those questions. And then this, this Eric Murray thing, I don't know what to make of that because he hasn't been terrible, but I'm just like, Eh? <laughs> what what are we eh? what are we doing? Like what are we doing? You know, and then and then how they've used him. You know, I, like you, you'll look on several games, there's been several occasions where you look at you look up and Eric Murray's playing corner and I know he's got some background playing corner, but what are we doing? What are we doing, man? Like why is Eric Murray checking Juju Smith-Schuster? Why is Eric Murray checking I can't remember if it was Thielen or if it was Jefferson, but he shouldn't check either of those two guys. And he checked one of them in the Minnesota game. And I'm thinking, what are they doing with this? So the coaching hasn't been great. The, or hasn't, at least it hasn't looked great unless I'm missing something. The coaching has not looked great. And the play ha- definitely has not been great. I can see that with my own eyes. So um, I'm, I'm, I am very disappointed in it, but at the same time, I'm with you on the Gary Unkindly point. I think that is a that is an I do think that is an underrated loss for this team. I don't know how much of a difference it would have made overall for the defense, though. I don't think it would have made that great of a defense. It's that it is that bad. It's been a pleasure speaking with you again here on Locked On Texans. Really quick, what can the listeners follow you at on Twitter? Yeah, man. Follow me at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. And I always tell people y'all about my podcast and to follow me at the B block podcast and everything, but I never actually explained that. So if I could do that real quick, I do a podcast every week called the B block podcast. And it's just me talking about Houston sports one week. It might be about the Texans. It might be about the Astros. It might be about the Rockets. It might be about music. Hell, we never know. It's my podcast. Nobody is, you know, it's not under anything. So it's just, it's just me doing it. So uh, so just check that out. You know, uh, you know, just follow me at Brandon K. Scott and you can kind of catch everything there. There's a link on the in the bio and all of that. So, yeah, that's what to do. That was Brandon K. Scott over at Sports Radio 610. John, man, like I keep saying this whole entire week, the Texans cannot afford to go down entering the bye week at one and six. They got to find some kind of way to win this game. I gave my prediction on the crossover show yesterday. What's your take on this game? So I look at this game like a shootout. You know, and I think this is the perfect game for Deshaun Watson to win a shootout. But as we've seen before, whether it be the Saints last year or the Tennessee Titans last week, you know, shootouts for Deshaun Watson normally end with the defense letting him down. And so overall, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day. And I hope he does because I have him starting in my fantasy and I'm one in five right now and I really need to. To get a win, but um, I think Aaron Rodgers 
will have a field day. I think Deshaun Watson will have a field day. And I think this is the perfect Duke Johnson game. So overall, I can see this score 35-31, and I'm going to give the, the nudge over to the Green Bay Packers. can't remember what I said, but I, I had a shootout, a very close game as well. I think I had 33-30, but I actually gave the nudge to the Texans because, like I said, they have to find some kind of way to win this game. But with all that being said, that concludes another episode of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And ladies and gentlemen, Next week is the bye week, but that does not mean we're going to take a week off. We have some pretty interesting guests that we're going to have on the show. So please make sure to go to Locked On Texans, subscribe, and please follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Locked On Texans to make sure you stay up to date on everything that we have. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. John, before I give the mic over to you. Last question. Thriller off the wall. Your take. I think this is a personal decision for me. Oh, Lord. And I, and I love Thriller. I, oh, thriller gosh. is phenomenal. It really is. And, and we've had this discussion outside of this podcast. But when I look at off the wall, I look at Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, Rock With You, Working Day and Night, Get On The Floor, Off The Wall, Girlfriend, She's Out Of My Life, I Can't Help It. I, I just, I'm going with Off The Wall. And I also, I'm, I'm picking Off The Wall because I think vocally, Michael Jackson was better on Off The Wall than he was on Thriller. That's my opinion. Uh, that's why I, you know, before I got started, it's personal, but I think vocally Michael was better on Off The Wall. And Don't Stop Till You Get Enough has a special place. And Rock With You has special places in my heart. And I'm going with Off The Wall. And you know what? To get back to Houston, I'm very interested to see, you know, what happens after this next game, whether it's a loss or a win. Um, will Jack, will Cal McNair start really fielding options for trades going into November 3rd trade deadline? And I think that's the most interesting aspect of this storyline drama that we've had so far this year but i'm john some sports guy hickman next week i should have a full week back recovering from uh the injury that i, I suffered been on ir so that's why you guys haven't heard me on the last couple of shows but i should be back full strength next week can't wait to do it follow us on twitter at locked on texans and like us on facebook until Monday, whether we're going to be mad, sad, happy, or glad, you guys be safe over the weekends. We are the Bulls on Parade with a party twist. I know you guys haven't heard that in a while. Take a shot. Drink some Pepsi. Peace. Enjoy your weekend. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.